0: So today is the feast of Our Lady of Knock, and as I said at the beginning of Mass, I think Knock needs to be uh, rediscovered by us Irish. Maybe it's just typically Irish that we kind of put our own things down, we put our own treasures down, oh, should sure, don't mind that it's only Irish, kind of thing. Oh, it's probably raining anyway, well, actually it was raining, actually, the, the night of the apparition it was raining. Uh, but I think it's just interesting to see, as I say, all around the country, we have little grottos dotted everywhere, uh, Lourdes grottos all over the place, um, Fatima as well. Uh, but not Our Lady of Knock, which is very I find that very interesting and a bit a bit unfortunate, I think uh, that we don 't maybe recognize as, as much as we should the importance of this fairly unique apparition site we 'll see why it 's unique in a second so on the night in the evening uh, of the twenty first of August eighteen seventy nine Mary Byrne was making her, her way home with uh, Mary McLaughlin lots of Marys, and Mary Byrne spotted what looked like lights or something uh, at the gable end of the church, and then she thought, well, uh, have the, 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 the candles been left on or something, or what's, what's, there's something, some lights left on in the church or something. So she started making her way towards the, the, the gable end of the church with Mary MacLachlan, the, the priest's housekeeper. And upon seeing what the source of these lights were, she was astounded, astounded to see very clearly three figures, three, what looked like people, right, uh, hovering, and, um, but, they, they, but they looked whole. They weren't ghost-like. They weren't translucent or transparent. They looked whole and solid. Uh, so she ran to get the attention of, of some other people, of members of her family in that. So it's 8 o'clock in the evening, and about 15 people gathered to witness this, this apparition. Uh, it was raining, so the fervor, though, of, of, of these wonderful people uh, was not dimmed by the muddy conditions, and so many just knelt down and, and, and prayed the rosary. Now, a lady didn't say anything there, but I think the image actually speaks for itself, the apparition speaks for itself. Patrick Hill, who was aged 11 at the time, he testifies, I saw everything distinctly. The figures were full and round, as if they had a body and were alive. They said nothing. But I think, as I say, what Our Lady said, if you will, by her presence was was sufficient. So we have Our Lady with her, her gaze raised towards heaven and her hands raised in prayer. So keep in mind that our Ireland had just gone through a, a famine, a second famine in a hundred years. Uh, so Ireland was, was was poor, especially in the west of Ireland. Uh, the, the the farmland there is it's it's boggy, you're not going to get much of a return for from your efforts, so like it's 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 tough going. It was, it was a tough life there. Uh, so our lady is there praying and interceding. Yes, for the people of the time, I also believe for the for the country as a whole and for the For the country outside of that particular time period also for us now our lady eyes raised towards heaven praying and interceding beside her then we have saint joseph whose head is bowed and hands are joined in prayer again i love that 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 image of saint joseph just so prayerfully uh, assisting if you will accompanying our lady's prayer joining his prayer to hers praying for for ireland praying for, for us, for our conversion, praying that we will remain steadfast in the faith. Praying also for, for our material needs at the time, as I say. It was just after the famine, so um, great, great poverty. <coughs> and to Our ladies' left, we have St. John the Evangelist holding a book of the Gospels and hand-raised. So we see sacred scripture, we see the intercession of the saints, we see the uh, prayer of intercession, of our blessed lady. All of that without saying a word. The power of scripture, the power of prayer, the power of intercession, the closeness of our lady in our time of need, all of this visible. Now along with that, and this is what makes this vision fairly particular, there was a a, a second half to the apparition where a, a lamb could be seen on an altar surrounded by angels. So this vision isn't just an image of Our, our, of our Lady. Uh, we have Our Lady, representatives of, of the communion of saints, St. Saint John the Evangelist and St. Joseph. And then we have Jesus, if you will, in the form of a lamb on the altar, surrounded by angels. And the, angel, the lamb is standing, so he has not been sacrificed yet. So he's either, he's either risen or it's before the sacrifice. But uh, it's Marian and Eucharistic, and that's what makes Knock particular. It's a Marian and Eucharistic site. It's both. That's why I think it's, it's particularly beautiful. I think it's, there's something really, really special about this. So we have our Blessed Lady praying and interceding for us, St. Joseph praying for us, uh, St. John teaching us, and what's the goal of all of this? To bring us to Jesus, to bring us to the Sacrifice Lamb, to bring us to, to the Lord, to bring us to, to the solution, to bring us to the source, to bring us to the, his pierced heart from, from whence all grace flows. So it's 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 a very very uh, beautiful and and grace-filled apparition site. And sometimes when friends of mine have visited, uh, and maybe they've come from America, or who knows where, Germany or uh, Austria, and they come to visit, and they say, "Oh, we want to go see Knock." In a way, I think, oh, genie, hope the weather was good, like cause the weather in the West can be pretty rough. And then when you get there, like the gable end, the gable end of the church outside is still relatively simple. The gable chapel, like, is. It's, you know, it's not a basilica. There is a basilica, but where the actual apparition took place is a Gable and chapel. It's a big conservatory, basically. Uh, so it's, it's no great shakes in, in, from an architectural perspective. But so many of those who, who have gone to visit it felt real peace and real grace there, which I think is, is just a, a testament also to, to the authenticity of the place, that it's not about, oh, there's an amazing, you know, basilica built around the apparition site, but just the simplicity, if you will, of, of, of what's there really speaks to people. Archdeacon Kavanagh, who was parish priest at the time, had just finished celebrating a hundred masses to the Holy Souls. Uh, so he had this, I'm not sure if it was a habit of his, but it was his idea anyway, to celebrate a hundred masses to the Holy Souls, which he had just finished around about this time now. So this today's the 17th of August when the... Uh, when Our Lady of Knock is, uh, her feast day is celebrated. Even though, as I say, the first the, only, the apparition took place on the twenty first, but he had just celebrated a hundred masses for the holy souls, and then this takes place. Now, if there's a, a link, we're not really sure. But I know that in a conversation with uh, Father Richard Gibbons, present rector of of Knock, um, someone did suggest to him. Have you ever considered celebrating a hundred masses? for the holy souls in case we might get a knock knock part two you know who knows and he said no 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 he said I couldn't handle it <laughs> but it's, it's again a, a wonderful testament to how heaven listens you know heaven heaven listens to to, to the pleas of their pastor Plein, pleading for his people he was actually uh, a very gentle character very generous with the poor back then priests would have had a lot to do with with trying to provide for the needs of the poor, especially the hungry, and with defending their people against eviction. So when when the poor tenants who, you know, maybe through a a crop failure could not pay uh, their landlords, uh, he'd have to try and step in, either pay their debt or plead their cause. So it it, it was a very difficult vocation. You're always kind of in the middle of things and risking risking, uh, arrest yourself. So This is the the, the heart of their father, the heart of of their pastor. And he was so generous, he actually had amassed quite a a debt in a a previous parish, just because the the needs were just so great. The needs were so great. But today, as we think of Our Lady of Knock, as we think of her prayerful intercession, St. Joseph uniting his prayer to hers, St. John the Evangelist preaching and teaching, the Lamb of Sacrifice on the altar surrounded by angels. Let us pray in a particular way for the renewal of the faith here in Ireland. As uh, today, there's a particular event going on up in Nock marking uh, the year of vocations to the Austin Priesthood. We pray for the renewal of the church here in Ireland. We pray for the renewal of not just numbers, but the faith. That those who attend Mass in this country may do so with great faith. That those who receive the sacrifice, the sacraments, may do so knowing who the Lord is and loving him, or desiring to love him even more. That all of those who, who approach the altar may do so to be nourished by he who gave his life for us. We pray for the renewal of our faith. And from that, you'll get vocations. From that, you'll get holy families. From that... Society is renewed from the faith, the renewal of the faith. So we ask Our Lady of Knock, St. Joseph, St. John the Evangelist to pray and intercede for us for the renewal of the church here in Ireland. Amen.